It is Tuesday, May 16th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan along for the ride as well. I'm not sure if I should be introducing you as John Boy Media's Trevor Plouffe or Bally's North Trevor Plouffe after somebody made his debut on the Twins broadcast Monday night in L.A. Endeared himself to many Twins fans. Now let's welcome into the broadcast, former teammate, former twin, Trevor Plouffe. Welcome to the dark side. I appreciate it, Marty. Can you run those highlights back for me again? I really liked watching that. But uh, I told you earlier, man, you were my mentor on the baseball field, and hopefully you'll be my mentor on this side as well. I'm happy to be here with you. Bravo. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. That was a lot of fun, man. And having, you know, Morneau, who, like I just said, he was, you know, one of the biggest mentors in my baseball career. Having him there, you know, kind of made it easier for me. I felt comfortable with him doing stuff uh but that was fun man i told you before the game i said i'm I'm so happy i'm gonna be in the dugout i want to feel that vibe again and that was a wild game i don't think we're gonna talk about it much uh today on this show but the back and forth nature of it um it was good it was cool man i was thinking to myself my god all right so ploop he's gonna get home probably 10 30 or so and then the game goes extras when the twins force extra innings and we go back and forth end up going 12 innings with a walk-off walk, the whole bit. Uh, yeah, listen, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it because I, I can't see it. So I'm going to have to somebody's gonna have to send me a link. You know, out here in L.A., we only get the Dodgers feed. And the other one, the uh, visiting team feed is blacked out. So it kind of sucks for me. And everyone was asking me, hey, can we watch it? I said, you know what? I think the best thing to do would just be to go to our social pages uh, because they'll yes. be covering it. But, yeah, you're right. It's blacked out. Uh, you know, you yeah. don't have to go back and watch it. There's, there's going to be plenty more yes. for you. I want to. I want to watch. Okay. And by the way, our intern Alden Stone got a great shot of the two of us just walking around on the field ahead of time. Did you see that? I love it. Yeah, he sent me a little Dropbox uh, folder. It's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Shout out Alden. All right. Let's get this going. Aaron Judge back at it again north of the border where he loves hitting homers. Two more show big flies last night, but that's not what everybody was talking about. It was the old wandering eye. <laughs> So you and I looked at each other at the same moment right when we saw this yeah. three pitches ago. Watch what he's looking at. Yeah. What is that? Where is he looking? Where is he looking? And he did In it more than down. once. Yeah. yeah. It's really, really unusual. And he pummeled it. He hit it a country mile for his second home run of the night. Blue Jays broadcast appeared to catch you looking. It was unclear where, but maybe at the first base coach or the pasture for location. A lot of chirping from our, our dugout, which I really didn't like in the situation where it's a 6 nothing game. And like, hey, hold up here. Like, let me let me work here. I said a couple things to some guys in the dugout, and especially after the game, but um, hopefully it won't happen again. Big deal or not? I don't think so. I mean, look. If you're looking at the first base coach right there, just say he was C. Rosie. Let's say he was looking at the first base coach and the first base coach was flashing him some sign to let him know the catcher was setting up away because that's where the catcher was set up. He pulled the homer. It was a breaking ball. It ended up in her half right there. So like a guy like Aaron Judge, you need to give the benefit of the doubt. This guy is an absolute beast to the plate. We all know that. I kind of believe in what he was saying, although it is strange. Like, I'll give the Blue Jays uh, announcers credit for picking it up. It's strange. I'm okay with them noticing it and mentioning it because I'm thinking if I'm at bat and I'm trying to look in the dugout, like I, I don't know how you get back to the pitcher in enough time. 
Um, but I, I like the um, explanation that he gave. The umpiring was bad in that game. There's a lot of bad umpiring all around baseball oh, last yeah, night, including was. my game in Oakland. Yeah. Um, I, I believe Judge. It's it's too. He's not looking at the first base coach to give uh, signs or location. And again, we have Pitchcom now, so he's not looking, you know, at any fingers or anything like that from the catcher. I think this is. A silly story. And if it wasn't Aaron Judge, I don't think anybody really would be talking about it. Right. There are some people that are saying, well, why were the Blue Jays announcers talking about? Well, that's their job is to point out things that maybe you don't see. And so I thought it was interesting because they Mm -hmm. didn't accuse him of anything. They just said, wonder what he could be looking at, which is what you would say if you were shown that piece of video. The reason I'm wearing a Yankees hat today is because I support Aaron Judge. I, I, I can't imagine even if he was looking over somewhere or trying to see where the catcher was or if the first base coach, like I saw Will Middlebrooks put out a a tweet that said, hey, maybe it's the first base coach that picked up something that Kirk was doing behind the plate, whatever. All I'm saying is that none of that stuff matters to me. I mean, yes, we all lived through in in the baseball stratosphere the worst technological cheating scandal that we have seen Six years ago. So everybody's on edge. Oh, what's what's he doing? What's he wasn't cheating. He was not cheating. So even if he picked something up, which I don't think he did, that's fine. I did throw this video out to some major leaguers I know. And I said, what's your reaction? He goes, I am curious what he's looking for. And I said to one guy, I said, if he's peeking back at signs, is that a big deal or not anymore? He said, in the old days, it would have gotten you thrown at. Not so much anymore. Yeah, I mean, there's a difference there, okay? Let's say if he was peeking back at the catcher signs, which they don't do anymore, so you, you can't even look at, like right. I said, you can't even look at any fingers. So that's out the one. If he was doing that, then yeah, I don't like that, and that that is Bush League, if you will. But let's say he was looking at the first base coach. That's all fair game. If you're setting up early and you're, and you're doing something behind the plate that's tipping off what pitch is coming, and the first base coach picks it up and he's relaying it to the hitter, that's – that's all fair game. That's gamesmanship. That's game within the game. Now, right. I don't think that's what was, was was happening. He looked like, I remember like my mom looking at me like that when we were in church and I'd be messing around with like some papers, <laughs> you know, sitting in my seat and she'd be trying to pay attention, you know, to whatever was going on. She'd like, give me the side eye like that. And you knew you were in trouble. That's what was happening on the bench. Somebody was about to be in trouble. And I love Aaron Judge, uh, how he is a leader on that team. He's like, guys, six nothing. Shut your mouth. Let's just go win this game. That's who he is, man. And and um, it's really been cool to see him go from a guy that they put so much pressure on when he first came up. He's lived up to it and more. He's the captain. It's it's cool. So Aaron Judge, do your thing, bro. Yeah, it's gonna be hard for me to ever badmouth something Aaron Judge does. I just don't see it here. I understand some people might be looking for it. I don't think very many. I think this is just a, I think this is a big pot of nothing. That's basically what I think it is. It's fun to, it's fun to talk about it though. Yeah. Uh, Well, John Schneider, the manager said he was looking at something. You'll have to ask him and we're going to have to look back at the tape and see if we were doing something wrong. They, They were certainly not pointing an accusatory finger at Aaron judge. I don't think. All right, for the second time this year, Shohei Otani just missed out on hitting for the cycle while pitching in the same game. Settles for reaching base just five times. What was the most impressive part of the evening by Showtime? 
I mean, see Rosie, I'm still so impressed every time I think about him pitching in a major league game and going up to the plate and doing what he does. I know some people are sick of that. That'll never get old to me because I know how hard it is. Uh, the homer that he hit was impressive, but the thing that I like the most, and I think overall, if you ask me what's the most freakish thing Otani does, it's the way he runs, dude, for how big yep. he is. He hits that triple, gets past my guy, Taron Varver, out there in right center, and he just has these long strides. It looked like he was jogging to third base, dude. That's well, not he was easy jogging. to hit a triple. I know. He's, he was I don't jogging. Get it. Clear that up. He's so fast that he could jog his way into a triple. Dude, I would be head down, busting my butt to get to third base right there. I know I'm no speedster, uh, but the way he was going, it just looked like it was so easy for him. And again, to me, to be that big and that powerful and be able to do all the things he does and still be able to be one of the fastest dudes in the big leagues is crazy. Uh, I believe I was listening to an Angels-Guardians game over the weekend where Mark Gubiza made the point that he was the fastest player in the big leagues last year from home to first. So yeah. I've always said that like it, it's like two strides and he's at the next base. It's amazing. But yes, he was like jogging to third, in part <laughs> because I imagine he was conserving energy because he has to go out and throw pitches the next inning. To me, the most impressive thing was that he did not even come close to having his A-plus stuff. He gave up three more homers last night. But when you look at the end of the day, he did what an ace does. He worked seven innings. Yep. When the, when most guys don't have their ace shit, I'll see you after like four and two-thirds. That's it. We're not going to let you face the lineup a third time. You don't have it today. We'll see you in five days. Shohei went out there and gave him everything he had and worked seven innings. To me... That's impressive. I, I I know like his he's given up some runs. His ERA is in the threes now. Oh my goodness, I can't believe it. Like this dude, I'll say it. I've said it once. I said it a million times. Like he is the most valuable player in baseball. There's no yeah. He's awesome. he, come on guys. Sorry Dan. Yeah, actually, in, over his last four starts, he has an ERA over six. So, but he did you know get it together in time last night. Retired thirteen of the last fifteen Orioles. Uh, and by the way, he is the first pitcher to reach base five times in a single game since Mel Stottlemyer. Yeah, Mel. Hey, I'll take anybody's bet right now. I bet he runs off like three great starts in a row now. It's just what he does, man. Not worried yeah, about him at face, all on the mound. He'll face your twin. You're going to see him in person. I'm going to see weekend, him. I you? know. Oh, okay, after that one, let's just maybe just give some more homers to my twins. No, take it to it. the twins. Take it to the Twins. That's going to be awesome. I I, I kind of forgot about that. No, don't forget about it. Hey, Bowman baseball history dates back to 1948. The last time my Cleveland baseball team freaking won something. That was your was freshman year in high school? Okay. Yeah, really? That's, that's low-hanging fruit. Let's be better. Anyway, it was the first Bowman baseball card set released following the end of World War II become a favorite among contemporary collectors who focus on top prospects offering the chance to have the first card of the next superstar there you go show it off bowman baseball it's an inclusive product designed for every type of collector from beginners like me to veterans like blue offering top rated prospects rookies and veterans bowman baseball provides a fun and exciting product for everyone in the hobby and each year there's a new and exciting class of potential future hall of famers that are available and this year, those include 
Drew Jones, the number two pick in last year's draft, of course, the son of Andrew Jones. He's now in the Diamondbacks organization. Jacob Berry, who's climbing the ladder with the Marlins. Justin Crawford, that's Carl's kid in the Phillies organization. And Spencer Jones in the Yankees organization. They are calling him the left-handed Aaron Judge. I know Floof says pump the brakes on that, but so goes it. So we want you to find the game's future stars in 2023 Bowman Baseball. They are available to your local hobby shops, retailers, and tops. Dot com. Luffy, you have a bunch of those, don't you? I do. I just opened a box. I got a Drew Jones first Bowman Chrome, too, which is nice. Mm. Solid. We continue on. More newsworthy win over a division leader. Cardinals 18 to 1 in their series opener as Milwaukee came to town. Or the Braves blanking the Rangers 12 zip. I love that the Braves, you know. Came off of a sweep at the hands of the Blue Jays and did this to the Rangers, who are a very good offensive team. They blank them and they put up 12 runs. That's nice. But I think, you know, the Cardinals needed this. And Jack Flaherty needed this win. Uh, They put uh, Contreras back behind the plate. And Jack has arguably his best game in in years on the mound. I thought that was really cool. And he he gave uh, Wilson a ton of credit. He said he called pretty much every pitch but one, he said. And his breaking stuff looked sharp. I challenged... Jack Flaherty, I don't know if it was on this show or talking baseball. I said, you know what? Against Milwaukee, he hasn't had good numbers. Uh, lately, his breaking stuff hasn't looked sharp. It looked great last night. Um, and the offense showed up. And even Kisner, who you know got relegated back to his backup duty, has got to hit a grand slam off of, his, of a position player. So everyone was happy. And uh, we talked about this not too long ago. We said we could buy Cardinal stock because it's they're not going to stay at the yep. bottom for very long, and they're rolling. The offense is going, and then to get Jack back on uh, on page like this is is huge for them because he looked like the dominant ace that we think he can be. Uh, and Nolan Arenado homers for the fourth straight game. Yeah, he's look out he's rolling. Yeah, after a shitty April, he has uh, certainly turned the corner. There's no question about it. For me, the Braves going down, particularly after the weekend they had up in Toronto and losing the way they did on Sunday with the walk-off against Danny Jansen, I thought this was a nice little statement for them because they've got kind of an interesting schedule coming up. Uh, There were a few real interesting things in this game for the Braves. I know it sounds like, how can you have interesting things happen in a 12-0 game? Well, here's a bunch. They had five two-run homers in the game, five of them. Uh, Ronald Acuna continues to go nuts. Now, I know we're we're still very early in this process, and it was just home run number nine, but there was a stat out there that he is on pace to have a 30 home run, 50 stolen base season. That has okay. happened twice before in the history of the sport. Barry Bonds did it. Skinny Barry, back in Pittsburgh days, did it. And Eric Davis, who a lot of people... Mm. That, that consume our content did not get a chance to see play. When I tell you he was, people were talking about him like he was the next Willie Mays when I was growing up. People were like, Eric Davis, he freaking had it all. He could play center, he could run, he could hit for power, and he was such a like skinny little dude, but he was wiry strong for the Cincinnati Reds and was just freaking amazing. I loved watching him play. So if he's got a shot to join that triumvirate, That's pretty special. The other thing that nobody brought up was that in the seventh inning of an 8-0 game, on a 3-0 count, Austin Riley hit a home run in Texas. Where else have we heard this? (laughs) I was just talking to Jace Tingler last night. (laughs) 
Hey, Fernando Tatis got lambasted in 2020 when he swung and hit a grand slam on a 3-0 count in a game. Now, it was in the eighth inning, so it was an inning later, but the game was closer. It was 10-3 to when he hit the grand slam. Here, Riley hits a home run on a 3-0 count in an eight-run game. Why isn't anybody making a big deal about this? Because it's a count that you're a hitter in. It's the only right. fastball count left. Yes. Who cares? I agree with you. So it's why did everybody give so much shit cared. to Fernando Tatis Jr., but nobody has even mentioned this about Austin Riley? I, I agree. I don't give a damn. Go swing as hard as you want. If it's 20 don't to nothing. Don't get me started on this, Steve Rosie. Don't get me started. Well, but seriously, like I think people have to seriously check themselves because it. I'll tell you this. It's very easy to kind of point out the differences here. Okay. I, I don't know if it's that. I think that people just understand now that what if you're a hitter, a 3-0, 3-0 is just a, another count in the at-bat. That's all it is. It's not some special count that you can't swing at. That's like me saying, oh, oh, throw me this pitch. Like, it's stupid. It was always stupid. And finally, after the Tatis thing happened, everyone was just like, wow. And everyone collectively realized how dumb it was, except for all the hitters that play the game. They understand that we should be able to swing whenever you want. You can't have a pitcher dictating when we can and cannot swing. Please don't get me started. I'm in a good place right now with pitchers, okay? I don't want to go back there. Ah. And again, I talked to yeah. Jace Tinger last night. He's great. Yeah, I, I liked him a lot. He was uh, He's in the Twins dugout now, and um, he was he was a good dude. I enjoyed him too. But all I'm saying is this. For people that were ripping on Tatis, if you don't have the same energy today, if you still believe it about Austin Riley. Nobody was it? ripping on Tatis. Nobody was ripping on Tatis That's except not for true. Woodward, the manager of the Rangers at the time, and Tingler, his manager. Everyone else was like, what? For the most part. I think a majority of people out there were like, why are we, what's wrong with swinging 3-0? I know. uh, God. But don't you remember what a huge story? And I guess, yes, that's part of it, is that Bruce Bochy didn't complain last night, and Brian Snicker wasn't there to rip his third baseman. There's no question that that is part of the equation here. I would be remiss if I didn't bring that up. You're right. But but also, you know, young, flashy dude, as opposed to a guy that you don't hear anything from in Riley. So, I bet Riley's I sneaky, flashy. He's got a lot of money there, too. Yes, he does. All right. Um, who has the best, third best winning percentage in the National League? Anybody been paying attention? That would be the Arizona Diamondbacks, who won again last night out in Oakland. Are we making a mistake by not paying closer attention to this team? Probably. Uh, I think we've given enough. You and I have given enough credit to them. And on Talking Baseball, we I think we just had a segment on them last episode. Uh, they are surprising on offense, that's for sure. I think if mm-hmm. going into the season, you knew kind of, you know, they had a couple high-end starting pitchers, and we know their bullpen had some guys in it uh, the year before. We are excited about Corbin Carroll. Uh, but they're, I think they're seventh in run score. They're second in average, seventh in OPS. Like, that's that's, you know, obviously a top 10 offense that I don't think a lot of people were envisioning that coming into the season. They're also stealing bases. They can kind of do it in a variety of different ways offensively. You know, Corbin Carroll can burn on the base pass and you have some guys like Christian Walker that can drive the ball out of the ballpark. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, watching Zach Gowan and Merrill Kelly do their thing has been impressive. That's where I still land on 
can they sustain the success? Like, do they have enough starting pitching? And they brought some guys up who haven't had a lot of success, but they believe in. Um, this is a tough division, and they've proven so far uh, that they can hang with anyone. I think they're like five and two against the Dodgers. The only team I believe they have a losing record against is the Padres right now. Uh, they've just been consistently winning series, playing like a good brand of baseball defense and putting pressure on teams. So can they keep this up? I, I'm not so sure, Chris. Like I, I, I want to give them credit, uh, but I think I still need to see it a little bit longer. And there's no shot at them. Uh, that's just in my brain. You know where I go. I go to the starting pitching all the time, and I want to see them be able to do it for a little bit longer of a time. Yeah, because after Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly, you're like, okay. You know, and they're using some young guys, right? They just brought fought up. Uh, he's, they they even fought, and he has he's struggled to start his big league yeah. career. He had a good. I think he had a good start over the weekend. Uh, did he not? Was it weekend? Or Overall, his numbers are pretty bad. The Rockies. All right. Yes, they're looking for that third dude to be able to help them out and solidify things. Right. I mean, they just released Madison Bumgarner. They thought that he would be the guy that helped them out, and that didn't work out. Um, now, my question is this, because they've got some interesting young pieces. If they are in this thing come July, do they go get a veteran starter? You sure hope so. The problem with so that too. is I think a lot of teams are going to be in on trying to get a veteran starter. Yeah, but you know what? If you've got young talent, they've sent some guys down, I think, that can play at this level. So... I don't know. Yes, I mean they they should they should do that. I mean it's the beginning of their window. It's not completely you know time for them. I don't think maybe they've moved their timeline up. But you're right about Fato. He pitched against the Giants uh, on Sunday. Five innings pitched, one and run. Yeah, I that's what it was. Right. Mm -hmm. yep. So hey man, if this guy steps up, and all of a sudden you got uh, oh oh very reliable ace in Zach Gallon. You have Merrill Kelly doing his thing, even though he got thrown out of that game yesterday after he was done pitching. Uh, was and then you have the three. Look, that that makes things easier. Maybe you don't have to spend as much prospect capital going after a, a, a top-end pitcher, and you can get an, an innings eater or something like that. Do you know what I'm saying? No, no I, I don't why like not? that. Because Why? Because let's – okay, let's play this out. Okay. Your goal isn't just to stay in contention. If you make a trade, you want to make it to October. And if you make it to October and you end up playing in that one – because they're not going to win the division. They're not going to be better than the Dodgers, Okay. So they're going to be playing in the first round of the playoffs. You're going to need a capable third starter. An innings eater does not cut it at that point. So if you're going to oh, go, for, if go for it, up, he could be that guy. But you don't know that. And also we're no, going to we be using an that. innings limit on it. We're <laughs> we going to be using an innings limit, even if he is any good. So by the time you get to October, you've already burned through all of his innings. You're going to need somebody. Enough of this shit. Go get me an innings eater. No, if you want to go win, go win. Jesus. I agree. Oh, well, I mean, everybody's going to be going after a starter. Shit, well, then go be it. It just yes. depends on where they think they're on in the timeline. They have, you know, a guy like Dre Jameson, who's had some decent starts. Why is he in the minor leagues right now? What's up with that? I don't know. I don't think, yeah, I think he struggled a, a bit. But I, I have to admit that I haven't, you know, I saw when he would come in occasionally, he would come in in a, a bullpen role, all that sort of stuff. I don't know if they're trying to get more length out of him or what it is. But somebody okay. that's a huge Diamondbacks fan, i.e. Jake Storiali, can leave a comment. Jake Snakes. Yeah. All right.
It's FOCO time. That's right. Baseball Today listeners, are you ready to find your fandom? The good folks at FOCO.com are here to make sure that... Oh, I love that. They are there to answer any question that you've got when it comes to fandom. FOCO is officially licensed by Major League Baseball and the MLBPA. They got a wide range of products, including player and mascot bobbleheads. Floof was just showing off his, even though he doesn't care enough to take it out of the package like I do. I got a vacationing slider with the air tube around his big old belly and everything. They also have got the floral shirts. They've got the straw hats that I'm wearing, loungewear, and oh so much more. It's never been easier to get the gear. Find your fandom and let everybody know where your allegiances lie. Foco.com has everything you need for 162 games and beyond, whether you're taking in the action at the ballpark or taking it easy watching the game at home. So if you're ready to take your team spirit to the next level, Foco.com slash John Poy. That is F-O-C-O dot com slash John Boy. Get ready to gear up. And right now our listeners can use the John Boy code for 15% off your first order at Foco.com. I love the straw hat. Brady loves the straw hat so much he's going to use it when he's a counselor at the baseball camp this summer. Keeping the 100-degree heat out of his head. Going to steal this thing, but it's okay. All right. Last thing before we get out of here for the day. The ace thing. They lost again last night. But maybe they gave us one of the defensive plays of the year. On a scale of one to Mark Burley, how do you grade the Noda to Martinez between the legs play? Okay, well, here's the thing. He should have just fielded it and taken it to the bag himself. So, like, <laughs> automatically minus points right there. But, to you know, there's a couple things. At that point after that, when he boots it, it's, uh, you know, what can I do to get this out? Shout out to the pitcher for going over there and covering and being on the base, getting his right foot yes. on there, being able to extend out there. Also, the Diamondbacks' first base coach, how about some court awareness right there? Getting out of the way. I love that. Uh, it was a great play. But, again, if you just field it, none of this has to happen. So I'm docking him a few points. I'll give him a, I'll give him a 7 out of 10 on it. I don't know. Well, you know, for people that don't remember the Mark Burley play, yeah, we're putting it up. Good job. This is different because he right this now. wasn't an error, this, you know. No, he, he made a kick save and a beauty. Exactly. That was against this is my way Cleveland better. Guardians. And by the way, the between the twigs throw that he made was with his glove. It yeah. wasn't even with his hand. It was with his freaking glove. So The Mark Burley play is was, levels above that last play last night. I mean, unreal. Yeah, there are two. Paul Canerco, the bear hand. Let's go, Paulie. Love Paul Canerco. Wait a second. Bear hand. Of course he can. That thing was coming at like seven miles an hour. I'm just saying, bro. Like the gloves on the other side of the base there. He's like, I'm such an athlete because I'm Paul Canerco. I, that's like one of my favorite players, bro. So Sandy Alomar is still our first base coach, by the way. One of my favorite guys. Yes. In the show. All right. Um, so you're back at it again tonight. Did you yes. learn anything last night that you think you will take into tonight's game? A little bit. I want to slow down. When I was mm. going into some of the segments, I thought, you know, they tell me, you know, get your point across quickly. So I was trying yeah. to do that, but I think I was talking a little bit too fast. And then during the game, I never really hit the producer to say, hey, let me in, let me talk. And I think I might do that more today. I was waiting on them to cue me. Uh, you know, first day, I wasn't sure. how. I don't want to butt in. But I think there were times during the game where I wanted to say something. I had something. I was in the dugout listening to the coaches, and I wanted to get in there. 
So I think I'll be a little bit more aggressive, uh, forcing my producer to get me uh, on the mic, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but in my mind, uh, I want to do that a little bit more. Awesome. Yeah. And then it was cold last people. night. I'm going to bring some gloves or something. Shoot. Oh, you little wuss, you. Um, yeah, listen, just have fun with it. You got to remember, it's like, it's a freaking baseball game. People want to be entertained. You, you've yeah. got all the knowledge, right? So yeah. if you and Morneau are chatting the whole time, that's what people want to hear. They want to hear the fun bits, that sort of stuff. So I would, I We did listen. that quite a bit. We did that quite a bit. And I think, you know, my Good. producer, John, I call him John Snow, King of the North, John Stroh, shout out. He, uh, he, it was late central. I think he got tired there and he wasn't really cueing me in as much. So ah. today I got to wake him up. Stay That's up, John. Very funny. That's very funny. Well, I wish you luck. Uh, I want to thank both the Twins and the Dodgers PR staffs for helping us out yesterday. We are shooting some content that we're going to be doing quite a bit uh, between Dodger Stadium and Angel Stadium and getting the visiting teams when they come in town. I don't want to exactly give away what we're doing, but we got some stars yesterday. Good. If you saw on the good. Instagram feed, uh, got Mookie, got Freddie Freeman, got Carlos Correa. Got a bunch of good players. It was Miggy Rowe dropped by, of course, part of the John Boy Media family. It was good. Miggy Rowe made some nice plays last night, too. And by the way, Kyle Farmer, who is great, great dude for the Twins, he came out and introduced himself. And he, like within a minute, he's like, I asked him how he was feeling because he took that pitch to the face from Giolito. He's like, fine, do you want to see my the picture oh, when it happened? I was like, no, you show not, me too. not really good. Yeah, he, I was like, it looked like one of those that the makeup artists put on their Instagram when they do a great job in a horror movie. That's what it looked like. Except it, it honestly, I don't want to be too graphic here. It looked like a, a shotgun shot to his face. Like it was okay. a big yeah. hole in his mouth. Way, way to uh, way to end the show on a high. So listen, have a it great time sad. tonight. Very excited for you. Um, I wish I could say I'd be watching, but it's blacked out. That's a whole nother topic. For our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, and the always entertaining and Natalie clad, so handsome down there in the uh, in the Dodgers slash Twins dugout area, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Wednesday with Jolly Olive on Baseball Today.